Welcome back to the Mountains in the Sea, where we find the highs and lows of each and every Prince album and more every other week. I'm Christy. And this is Josh. And we're so glad that you're back with us today. Today, we are covering Prince and the Time performing live at First Avenue, March 8th, 1982. This is not a concert. It is not. It's a dance. Sadly, what it is, though, is our final episode covering the controversy era that is correct which has lasted some what six episodes now uh, five episodes now no a lot of episodes now yeah several i don't know one episodes to us is like two weeks in normal human years Uh so it's been a while yes a delightful while exactly it should end with a dance not a concert which is what prince says to kick things off Mm -hmm. listen listen to me listen this is not a concert, okay? This this is a dance. It is. Let's talk a little bit about this show. It was a one-off show, not part of a concert, technically, or Prince like a said tour. As much, and he always spoke the truth, you know. <laughs> Prince Fault says that tickets were sold for just four dollars. Four dollars for uh-huh. yeah. Yeah. For 90 minutes of absolute delight. Now, of course, this is pre-Prince mega fame. Right. Defunct was scheduled to play at First Avenue on this evening, and they were asked to wrap their set early so that Prince and the Time could play. Defunct was a punk funk jazz band who were looking to make danceable jazz. Joseph Bowie is the only consistent band member, but they've been making music relatively consistently consistently since about the mid-70s. This is why you're on this show, Christy, because you ask the deep dive questions about who is defunct. I I saw that they were scheduled to perform and they were the main act, but asked to leave early, but then I moved on. And here you are with the deep, deep defunct, knowledge that's right well and here's some interesting tidbits so notable members include melvin gibbs who's appeared on over 200 albums as a bassist um, in various genres and vernon reed who was the founder and guitarist of living color yeah and listed by rolling stone as number 66 of the 100 greatest guitarists in 2010 i saw him live in Indianapolis. That's right. Many moons ago. Exactly. And he he was also in defunct at one point. Had no idea. Probably not at this point, I would guess. In 1982? Maybe. Really? Maybe. I'll have to look that one up. Because they like stopped. I think he was because they took a break from like 1986 to 90 or something like that. So he was, it would have been before Living Color, Hmm. which was late 80s, early 90s. So he may well have been in this band at this time. You're right. He is basically the same age as Prince. I thought he was younger, but born August 22nd, 1958. All right. So he would have been a young whippersnapper at this point, but yeah, could have been there. All right. So First Avenue is independently owned and operated, and they run a number of venues, but all of them are local to Minneapolis. Mm -hmm. They currently have a very strict code of conduct at all of their venues and their staff is trained by an organization called calling all crows 
which is looking to end sexual harassment and violence at shows and festivals, which I thought was great. Very cool. First Avenue opened in 1970 as The Depot, Yeah, which was a nod to the fact that the building was yeah. from 1937 to yep. 1968, a large Greyhound bus terminal. And at the time of this concert in March of 1982, they had only been First Avenue for a few months. Because it had been, I thought it was Sam's also at one it point. Was, right? It was Uncle Sam's, Sam's. Yeah. The Depot, I think, are yeah. all the names. And First Avenue. And First Avenue. And 7th Street Entry, which is just another... It's another venue smaller... in that area. Yeah. yeah. It had gotten the now-famed moniker of First Avenue on December 31st, 1981. All right. So yeah. not long before this. No. Just months before this. Yeah. Um, this is also the first time we've covered a Prince show at First Avenue. Mm-hmm. Uh, though he performed there. I had to check my notes because I wasn't sure this was right when I sat down today. 13 shows he'd play there in his career, which seems like a lot, but also... Not that many. Not too many. But of course, when you build your own, whatever it was, $10 million facility to right. host your own shows, you probably don't need to leave much after about 1987. Right. So this was the third of his performances at First Avenue. And his final one, I didn't realize, was not all that recent. July 8th, 2007 was the last time Prince performed at First Avenue. And that show started at 2.45 in the morning and was shut down by police after an hour. And then First Avenue worked together with the police department to get a Prince permit, they called it, <laughs> that would allow him to perform at any and all hours at the venue, but he never returned and they never got to Aww. flash the card to the popo if they showed up to shut it down. Aww. Unfortunately. I did not know that. 13 doesn't seem like enough for the venue that Purple Rain was based around. Yeah, but you got to figure after 1987, 88, right. I could see him, you know, he had his own place. Yeah. So, yeah. And he wasn't much into the trying out new stuff on small crowds all that often at that point. Right. He had a pretty decent catalog, you know, yeah. of proven material. Yeah. This was essentially the revolution minus Wendy. Right. Who performed with Prince. Uh, Bobby Z on the drums, Brown Mark on bass, Dez on guitar, Dr. Fink, Soul Brother number seven on keyboards, <laughs> <laughs> and Lisa Coleman also on keyboards and backing voice. Excellent. So as you said, Prince takes the stage, has a very tired, subdued-sounding voice. But I think it's a little bit of an act, if you uh, ask me. Or, or the concert woke him up. I'm sorry. The dance woke him up. That's right. Perhaps. And he says, if you can dance to this stuff, you're a better man than me. <laughs> it's a little self-deprecating Prince humor. Uh-huh. If you can dance to this stuff, you're a better man than me. This is the only reason we're here. This is, we don't have no place else to go. But then, like, stops himself a little bit, right? Says, no, no, don't get me wrong. We're glad you came out. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, the only reason why we're here is because we didn't have no place else to go. Right? Um, don't get me wrong. <laughs> I'm glad y'all came out. All right? Okay. Thank so the, the dance launches with uh, the family-friendly Bambi. <laughs> <laughs> Track six on Prince's second album, which uh, we here at the Mountains in the Sea have yet to cover. Mm -hmm. One day we'll get there, don't you worry. Yeah, we've talked about it 
we've a talked about bit. the song. We've right. not covered the album. Right. Yeah. This song was performed throughout Prince's career, and including uh, for reasons known only to him, T.C. Ellis recorded a rap version of this in 1991 uh-huh. for his album. And a live rehearsal version was officially released on The Undertaker in 1994, which is probably where we first talked about yes. Bambi, because that we have indeed covered. Yes. Man, launches right in with raw, loud guitars, fast drums. It's punk rock and roll. That's right. There's uh, The vocals are a little buried, but they're mm-hmm. not really the star. Really, the guitar is the star here. But there is yeah. some very fun improv inflection, a yeah. growly my heart. <laughs> a rise on you and you were untrue. Yeah. I mean, without getting deep into the lyrics, right, this is yeah. Prince's overture to a lesbian he finds attractive. Uh-huh. Uh, some purple gender therapy, yeah. you might say. Oh, jeez. <laughs> yeah, yeah. he's just trying to convince her that she should... Give him a shot. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I like that he's in the middle of a guitar solo in about three minutes and 35 seconds, and in the middle of it, he yells, turn it up! Uh-huh. covered Turn It Up as a Prince song even, mm-hmm. possibly, perhaps, maybe even an album name consideration at one point. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not saying that it has anything to do with him yelling that here, but he does <laughs> yell it. He does yell it. There are some vocals I don't can't quite understand. There's like, I can hear the word baby and part of it's just scatting and... <laughs> Very fun. It doesn't, again, the lyrics and vocals aren't really yeah, the most important thing Yeah, it's almost purposefully unrehearsed a little bit. Yes. At least from a vocal performance. Yes. But it's not a concert after all. You shouldn't, if Prince had it his way, he probably wouldn't have people looking at him. <laughs> right? Right. Um, they would be dancing so he could watch them. Mm-hmm. He does have a funny, come on girl, take me by the hand. Or whatever you want. <laughs> yes, or whatever you want. <laughs> Come on, girl. Take me by my hand. Or whatever you want. Show you what it's like. Although I think that might be followed up by an N asterisk, 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 A word. Oh. The N word. I'm going to show you what it's like to be loved by a... At one oh. point I thought he said bigger man, but I yeah. don't think it's bigger. Oh. I think it starts with an N and rhymes with that word. Oh, I thought it was bigger too. And I don't oh. think so. I don't think so. Okay. Well, We're talking I about 1982. Oh, well, I mean, and he was a black man. It's his word to use, not ours. Correct. Yes. Correct. Especially referring to himself. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Fun breakdown, guitar solo at 4 minutes and 52 seconds. It's in fact, the song kind of almost comes to an end with a guitar, a guitar solo, and then you get this vamp thing at the end. Mm-hmm. 
I just want to say again, we covered this with the controversy tour date that we talked about from Saginaw, Michigan. Right. Where the heart of all concerts are performing. (laughs) (laughs) That was an awesome show. And we said during that show that Bobby Z deserves some respect on the drums. And I want to say the same thing here on Bambi. Though Prince tears it up on guitar, I think Bobby Z's drumming is maybe the most notable instrument throughout the whole song. Live drums, no... Lindrum, this kind of predated that being, you know, a live thing that Prince right. used. And I just thought, wow, yeah, he he was a drummer for a reason, not yeah. just because Prince wanted a white guy in the band. No, yeah. Or another white guy in the band. I think Dr. Fink is the whitest guy in the band. <laughs> and being a white man myself, I think I can say that. <laughs> anyway, that's a long way around of saying love yeah. Bobby Z on the drums. <laughs> yes. And then uh, I think they're ready, y'all. He's kind of telling the band, hey, everybody's warm. All the audience is, mm-hmm. is up for it. Yeah. Even though it's a dance. That's right. Yeah. I mean, you can have a dance. People talk at dances. That's fine. <laughs> then we get a surprise for That's March right. of 1982, a new song, Prince yes. says, uh, over some kind of subdued drums and bubbly keyboards Uh happening. This is a new song. Could Prince already be getting frustrated about the length of time between recording a song and releasing a song? Oh, absolutely. He says it won't be out for probably another year or six. Mm -hmm. He's already really annoyed. Probably won't be out for another year or six. He is annoyed, although I think when you're on album number four in four years, maybe you don't need to complain about it not coming out for another six years. Right. The stretching of the truth a little bit here. But yes, if it didn't that, come out for another six years, it would have been his choice. Right. For sure. And then we get All the Critics Love You in New York. Yeah. Surprise. It'd be out. Don't you worry, Prince. Seven months later, <laughs> October 27th, <laughs> 1982. On the we album, didn't have to wait six years, not didn't even a to, year. Didn't have to even wait, I don't know, seven twelfths of a year, uh-huh. barely. Barely. We didn't mention Bambi, the super fast drums, and I'm giving props to Bobby Z for the drum playing, but it was faster than uh-huh. the studio version. And I would say this also fast drums, eerie keyboards, yes. and kind of a fun jam. Where, um, yeah, we get the lyrics where it's almost a spoken kind of song yeah. anyway. But the most notable parts to me through this are the chorus of the song, or just the name of the song, During Rinse, which Prince calls out one. Or three uh-huh. to indicate how many repetitions he wants. Yeah. Three. Start of Prince's control and the band's tightness. Right. You can see happening here. Yeah, I thought that was really, really fun. And there's a fun game to play in this. Is it synths or feedback? 
Oh, yeah. Because he's got yeah. this like intentional <laughs> feedback yeah, that right. sometimes it's, is it feedback or is it a synth? Is it, what is it? It's, if it was a mistake, he certainly performs through it. He doesn't yeah. let it bother him. And I don't think it's a mistake. I think it's intentional because they hear it a variety of times, like 50 seconds. Yeah. 57 seconds. The minute five. You want to clap your hands. Minute 15. Everybody. Minute 20. Minute 30. It's pretty intentional. Okay. I believe that. Yeah. I mean, this is kind of an experimental song, too. One of Prince's earliest experimental songs, I would say. Mm-hmm. On an album, 1999, that had the length for him to start experimenting right. a little bit more, too. So it was right. kind of a cool preview to get that here. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lisa takes kind of almost a lead backup singer role, and Prince even asks her for help at yes. 2 minutes and 58 seconds with the repeating refrain, you can dance if you want to. Dance if you want to. Lisa. Dance if you want to. Doesn't so much invite the audience to join in as he does hypnotize them to join in. You want to clap your hands, he says. You want to clap your hands. That's right. <laughs> like, and it comes at this point where the music is kind of, I don't want to say melodical. Music's melodical, that's what it is. But it's like a Almost a sort of hypnotizing situation. It is. Well, it's a hypnotizing groove, you right. know, the do 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 Yes. That kind of, yeah, don't pee in the pool kind of <laughs> hypnotism. <laughs> this is a controversy era concert or dance party, but certainly not a controversy focused show no um the first well to be even, fair the controversy tour shows weren't particularly that's true but this is even further away <laughs> to you know to to extend the myth further uh-huh. but the first reference that i found to controversy at all is uh the line at three minutes and 36 seconds look at all you hippies you ain't as sharp as me it ain't about the tripping but the sexuality mm-hmm. kind of you hippies, you ain't as sharp as me. It ain't about the tripping, but the sexuality. Yeah. It's sexuality, which would be played later, and of course, is a song from Controversy. So it's almost like a self-referential thing. Sure, I love that he calls out Doc to play Dr. Fink. Uh-huh. Doc, you want some? You want a little bit? Go ahead and get some, Holmes. Doc, you want some? Right after that is when Des Dickerson feigns, I think, pretends to be a little out of it and asks for a drink uh-huh. to be passed up to him while Dr. Fink plays. Yes. I need, I need a drink. 
wants to make sure he gets what he wants. He's a, he's a you know, uh, a very supportive boss. Prince asks him, this reminds me of like when my dad would record me as a kid uh-huh. on cassette tapes and he would ask me complicated questions and my answer would be yes. And he'd ask me more complicated questions and my answer would still be yes. Uh-huh. Yeah. He's like just trying to get me to talk. Uh-huh. Prince says to Des, did you get your drink? Yeah. <laughs> You want to play some? Yeah. <laughs> and then we get the fun prince yelling, let him out of his cage. Did you get your drink? Did you get your drink? Yeah. You want to play some? Yeah. Y'all want Des to play a little bit? Let him out of his cage. Dez gets his first guitar solo. That's kind of the one of the earliest, of course, controversy when Dez joined. He shares the stage and gives another dude, no less, the spotlight with right. a lead guitar. We get the little silly walkie-talkie masturbating bit. The police radio uh-huh. s- simulation stimulation. That's right. And he really <sighs> makes it clear that masturbating is music and guitar. Well, That's yeah. what it is. We're certain of it. He's definitely masturbating. Excuse me while I masturbate. I wonder if Jackucaster made an appearance here oh. when he says, oh. not excuse me, right? Uh-huh. It's one syllable. Excuse me while I masturbate. Uh-huh. And nine minutes and 58 seconds. And he plays guitar for a little bit, too. This is a long track, but uh, it is a long studio track, too. Yes. And it's very fun. Groove, very danceable, very enjoyable. Yeah. Yep. And, of course, the audience is delighted. Yeah, I mean, I imagine none of them had heard this before well, of course at not. that point. So it was yeah. kind of a treat. Yes. Then we take a turn to the sweeter with a track from Dirty Mine, When You Were Mine. A little sweeter, maybe a little worrying too. I think you've had, <laughs> isn't it troubling wait. kind of how you describe sure. some of these songs too? Sure. And when, when Prince's inner dialogue becomes outward. Sometimes it's troubling. Uh-huh, sure. But that's sure. what makes but, yeah. for great drama and great music. It definitely has a sweeter sound. Sure. Yeah. And it's very interesting to hear the ache in his vocals because these lyrics are talking about both mm-hmm. the loss of this girl and some sadness that he for cheated sure. on her. Yeah. And, or that she cheated on him. Yes. Sorry, that she cheated on now, him. Now, don't blame Prince. That's not our I style. W- I will blame Prince when he deserves it and no other time. You know, so there's this, uh, it really comes through yeah. in these lyrics, too. So True, the delivery it, of them yeah. is like from, from the heart, kind of. Yeah. It's also the first song that is not kind of turned into a faster yes. performance. This is almost turned into... A fast ballad of sorts with right. its extended instrumental guitar-driven intro and then 
underlying pads and keys that actually makes it sound a bit slower rather Mm -hmm. than faster than the album version from which it hails. Yes. I think this is one of, you know, Dr. Fink got a number of recognizable now famous keyboard solos on Dirty Mind. One of them being When You Were Mine, Mm -hmm. that we get to hear at two minutes and 45 seconds. That's relatively short, but there's no doubt. Right. Who it is. For sure. We've coined a lot of phrases on this podcast and uh, have made absolutely no money from any of them whatsoever, (laughs) but Funkabilly is one of them, and I think we get that at the breakdown at 2 minutes and 58 seconds. Mm -hmm. It's a little country, a little funk, crowd clapping. Yes. Um, and you don't realize until you hear the song live, I think, that there's this clap pattern in it that's right. It's yes. very common, right? Right. Um, but it is it makes up the last half of this performance. Right. There's a lot of uh, interaction. Um, there's even some fun percussion on the guitar. Yeah. Like he turns like, it into a percussion instrument. Yeah. Right? It was really, really enjoyable. And, um, he gives kudos to the crowd. <laughs> That's at the right. End. That was the mean clapping. That was, I think he's like kind of a backhanded compliment oh. in a way. I mean, I think he appreciates the participation, but Uh-oh. I mean, I think he's kind of joking around like clapping in that hard, except for the white people that we'll hear <laughs> later on. But yes. Thank you. Give yourself a hand. That was some mean clapping. I also want to mention the little aside lyric at four minutes and 18 seconds when he sings, when you were mine, you were all I ever wanted to do. Uh-huh. And then he says, <laughs> yes. he defines what he means directly after that. Yes. yes. The word do is another um, one syllable word. Yes. Yeah. That rhymes with duck. Exactly. In case you were wondering. Yeah. In case you didn't get it. But he says, for all you nasty people. Uh-huh. Like if you're nasty, I think you you're, already get that, exactly. right? I think it ought to be for all you prudes uh, for all <laughs> you innocents out there right, you're talking to the round crowd wrong crowd man <laughs> that's okay this is a fairly young prince especially in his performance career he's still like taking shape and becoming uh-huh. the crowd controlling band leading master that he would ultimately be, become even yeah just a couple years later would become that boy the catalog album catalog songs keep coming Yes. With a guitar that sounds a little bit like all the critics love you in New York at first. It's time to jam. But quickly becomes recognizable as... Sexy Dancer. From his second album, Prince. Mm -hmm. And we get a mouth click at 38 seconds. (laughs) Which I always thought was something he kind of did later in his career. Uh Became a thing that he did. Fun to hear it early. Yeah. 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 I mean, pre-1999 tour, he's 
He's just a mouth-clicking fool. Man, this song is so very 70s, but in a very timeless 70s sort of way. Yeah, like not a not in a way that you hear it and think, oh, it's like the 70s. It's like, it's, it's retro sounding from the start in a right. way that is fun. Yes, for sure. It's light on lyrics on oh, the yeah. album version. I mean, also, it, is, it is perfect for a dance. Yeah. It is a groove to dance to. The lyrics are enough that you can sing along if mm-hmm. you are not out of breath from dancing. And if you then, are out of breath and you just go, <laughs> uh-huh, also good. <laughs> yes. So speaking of dancing, if you want to, I think Lisa says or sings at two minutes and 10 seconds, she starts to sing. You can dance if you want to from all the critics love you. And Uh I don't know if it's a mistake or just kind of a call out or a callback, but Uh I went back and listened to that a number of times to hear. And that's kind of neat. If you get the, Dr. Fink piano solo from Sexy Dancer. Mm-hmm. Yep, and then the audience did such a good job with the hand claps, and when you are mine, yep. they get invited to participate again. That's right, at about four minutes and 35 seconds with a really fun guitar and drums breakdown. A Des Dickerson guitar solo. You know what's great about concerts is none of these songs fade out. Including Sexy Dancer. That's right. It's kind of a proper ending. Yeah, it gets a really abrupt end. Abrupt, but that's okay. And then at the end of this track, Prince calls for Sue Ann. Sue yes. Ann Carwell's here. Is Sue Ann out there? Y'all know who Sue Ann is? Come on now, don't get chicken. Where you at? Sue Ann appeared on The Time, mm-hmm. which we covered. Was that last episode? Yep. It was. Yay. Yeah. Various uh, girlfriends. Yes. Various girlfriends, but Sue Ann had her own solo career. Never quite hit it huge, but was well-known, certainly, in Minneapolis. Yes. Prince is looking for her. Yep. <laughs> and she's not out in the crowd. Yeah, she's <laughs> she's stealing his jacket from backstage. Exactly. Oh, ain't this a trip? She was in my dressing room trying to take my coat. Come here. Yeah. Hi. So another Prince, the album name, Prince. Yeah, eponymous album. Yeah, song, Still Waiting. Yes. And again, this is maybe like a slow dance, because we Mm -hmm. get back to this, like, Sweet, slow sound. Yeah, this is even... Well, it has its share of innuendos also, but I would say this is the sweetest song so far in mm-hmm. this 
dance party of ours. Yeah. Uh, it's a ballad for sure on the album. Here it's kind of bluesy yeah. and a little Motowny. Okay. But I think very somehow fun also. Okay. Like sometimes ballads can just kind of, I'm ready for the next song. But yeah. I didn't feel that way oh. with this song. In fact, I saw that Still Waiting was performed and kind of was like, eh, uh-huh. okay. But I kept enjoying it more the yeah. more I listened to it. Well, and it's fun that he didn't perform all of it in a falsetto. Yes. Just a triangle. different from the album version yes and worked in a number of amazing screams mm-hmm. particularly at four minutes and 32 seconds there is a signature prince scream the the motowny kind of part that i mentioned is around five minutes where you get this drums bass and vocal breakdown where you can almost see like a line of Background singers, you know, singing, uh-huh. wait and fall, you love to come. I could just see it happening back there. Yeah. There's some unfortunate ad-libbing. Oh, my gosh. This is, I mean, because he says, I have cause to celebrate. See, I got a little cause to celebrate. Yeah, why six he, minutes and 20 seconds. Yeah, why is he celebrating, Josh? Well, I'll tell you, Christy. He's celebrating. First, he says, my girlfriend died. Yeah, and he almost I, can't contain his laughter. Yes, he finds it funny. My girlfriend died. Yeah. Um, but it's not just that she died, right? Oh, no. It's that she made me wait for that love too long, and I shot her with my forty-five. So if yep. you thought Bob George uh, was this new mental creature that Prince had created, here he is in early 1982 shooting girlfriends. Yeah. She made me wait for that love too long. And I'm like, oh, this is not funny. I mean, it's supposed to be a joke, right? Yeah, it's not funny. It's it's not. I mean, maybe it was then. Maybe it was then. It shouldn't have been then. It wasn't. But I kept thinking to myself, okay, so you mean you killed her? She didn't just die. You uh killed her. And I guess you're happy. You're celebrating because you got away with it? I don't know. I guess. Or like, mm -mm. or he's just happy that he can go so is Wild Oats again. And has no conscience about his own actions. Yeah. Yeah, definitely yeah. hits the wrong note Ooh, listening to it. Mm-mm. So I wondered why you were giving me this look about the sweet, still waiting Motown song as I was describing it. And then here we are with the reason why I was getting the side eye from my wife. <laughs> yeah, but Prince invites Sue Ann to sing. Yep. You want to sing a little bit? She sounded like Tevin Campbell. Oh, yes. (laughs) I put that in my notes, but wasn't going to say it out of respect for Tevin Campbell. Well, little Tevin Campbell. Like prepubescent Tevin Campbell. Yes, round and round Tevin Campbell. Yes. Yes. It definitely sounds like him. So much. Yep, it does. I agree. And Prince sings background while Sue Ann sings this around Mm -hmm. 7 minutes and 53 seconds with the 
wait, wait for your love to come. Yeah, and it's kind of fun when he starts singing this background. She almost takes that as a cue to stop singing. Oh, and yeah. you can get t- out of her way. Get out of his way. <laughs> yeah. That like she's like, oh, she's about to stop, and you can tell he must have given her some kind yeah, of go signal, go like on. keep going. Yeah. Or, I mean, also could have been worried about getting shot. <laughs> Fair. Yeah. Um, another great series of print screens at yes. 9 minutes and 30 seconds. I think that uh, this is one of the first times I can remember Prince thanking a guest singer on stage uh-huh. and oh. complimenting her, you know. Child started singing, got me to screaming. screaming. Uh-huh. Sue Ann. Child started singing, got me to screaming. And it's like, there's so much to like about this song. And then there you is. put that little... It's a 10-second really little ad-lib there that spoils that probably the whole thing. It's was, like too much salt and soup. Yep. You know... You're right. You're right. It was adding salt to the soy sauce. Yeah. And then we get uh, another song from Dirty Mind. To me, this is kind of where it goes from less of a dance to more of a concert. Oh, really? Like really kind of starting here with Ed from Dirty Mind. Interesting. I thought it was still kind of very loose because he doesn't sing all of this and lets the crowd sing a lot of it instead he, of him. Well, yes, but I think that's where why it feels like more of a concert to me and less of a dance because he's playing and kind of guiding a little bit in some ways. Sure. But letting them sing. And instead of them concentrating on dancing or visiting with their friends or whatever it is that you do at a dance, yeah. this is give back to me. True. So That's I true. feel like this okay. is where it's starting to move more into concert territory. We're yeah. asking more of the crowd okay. rather than just giving them the beat to dance to. I can see that totally. Mm-hmm. Um, I do think it's still a much more loose performance than For what sure. you would get, especially during Head. I don't think that Lisa ever laughed <laughs> during her part. In head like she does here when she <laughs> says, so I'm just a virgin and I'm on my way. And Prince says something to the effect of, you're lying, that's why. That's why. <laughs> They'd be lying, that's why. <laughs> yeah, you're not a virgin. Yep. It was very, very fun. I mean, there's a ton of... A ton of letting the audience sing. Yeah. I mean, the first lyrics we heard was, I was so nonchalant. Yeah. From Prince. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, like he let them kick off the, he didn't come in singing with the first words uh-uh. even. No. He also, during a breakdown at two minutes and 52 seconds, Talks to someone named Elliot. Did you hear uh, that? Yeah, okay. So I said, What does he say? Everybody in the house, Eliata? I couldn't understand it. It feels uh, good to raise your hand, Eliata. Everybody in the house, Eliata. It feels good to raise your hand. Everybody in the house, Eliata. 
I don't know if it's Elliot, Eliata. I couldn't understand that word at all. I didn't hear Eliata, but I no. did hear Elliot, but I don't know who Elliot is, if it's someone running lights or sound, or I don't know. But um, if you know who Elliot is from yeah. March 1982. Or Elliata. Or, yes, or the <laughs> sashing dance move known as Eliata <laughs> that swept through dance in 1982. Maybe shoot us a note. Uh-huh. Where could they do such a thing? That's right. Christy, where could they do such a thing to send us a note if they know <laughs> what Eliata means or what who Elliot is? Sure. I'm teeing you, you up, darling. <laughs> you can find us on Facebook, The Mountains and the Sea, a Prince podcast. You can find us on Twitter at tmats t-m-a-t-s podcast or you can send us an email tmatspodcast at gmail.com if you know what eliata is or who elliot is i have my own sign language now for eliata <laughs> that's right it's very cute yeah and the audience sings lisa's lyrics so she's free to moan that's right and she yeah. does and she does Prince does not sing in falsetto in some Mm-mm. of this also, which is rare. Three minutes and 24 seconds. You know you're good, baby. You know you're good, baby. We get uh, the second of Dr. Fink's more famous keyboard solos mm-hmm. during Head at 4 minutes and 39 seconds. Calls the audience so nasty, which is such a high compliment. Yeah. So nasty. You know, then we get kind of the concert performance of Head with the rhythm guitar work and the controversy concert era Head breakdown bass guitar. There's a little snippet of jingle bells in here too. <laughs> like out of Just nowhere. Now, yeah. I think he's, he's making up for talking about murdering someone with a little uh, Christmas music for you. Oh, jeez. Yeah. Um, at a minute or 11 minutes and 20 seconds, you can hear Prince talking to the crowd or maybe to the band off mic and saying sexuality as the song comes to an end. Before. He says, sexuality, read my lips. Uh-huh, with the mouth click. Yeah. Read my lips. Sexuality. Uh, read my lips. Uh. Feels kind of on the fly. Yeah. Yeah. And, I mean, it starts very quickly, too. Head is still going, and all of a sudden you get the sexuality drums that are very recognizable. Uh-huh, and then there's this echo, and yeah. it suddenly feels like a bigger venue than it has yeah, up to this Yeah, they're more, point. like, concert-level effects, uh-huh. audio effects. And this is the first, and spoiler alert, the only controversy track played during the show. Mm-hmm. What does he say after Revolution to you at the beginning of the song? He called Revolution, Blow! Or go, or something. Oh, it's know. like destroyed under drum and keyboard hits at the beginning as the song takes off. But he clearly says the word revolution. Oh, revolution blow, blow, blow. 
very fun. Yes, because they're not the revolution yet. They wouldn't nope. be that till after 1999. Yeah, or they're the morphing album. into it because right. he had written it backwards right. in the album artwork. But yes, but, but yeah. not officially yep. until after that album. Yep. I love the lyric changes that he does here. Talking about tourists with 89 flowers on their back. <laughs> uh-huh. They are no longer inventors of the AccuJack here. No. They're the Whopper. We live in a world overrun by tourists. Tourists. 89 flowers on their back. Inventors of the Whopper. Mm-hmm. Which by the way, had been around longer than Prince. It was introduced in 1957. Okay. Predates uh, his birth. Uh-huh. All right. The filet fish Yeah. The filet of fish Introed in 1962. Okay. And the Big Mac. Big Mac. Ooh, they look in 1967. Like- okay. So those came out when he, I mean, 60s, he would have been eligible for like a Happy Meal. Sure. Big Mac. For sure. At least at this point in his life, he would eat the Big Mac. Right, but it's sort of, but he's sort of like he was pretty against the AccuJack, and so that seems like he's yeah. not very excited about these fast Correct. food offerings. You're right, and so, but they weren't new. No, that's true. Yeah, not yeah. in 1982, they weren't new. No, we get the sexuality chant that makes up the better part of the last half of the song. Sexuality is all. I'm going to let my body be free. And again, a nod to Bobby. Keep doing it, Bobby. He's doing like some partial drum playing during this part that's I think is really cool. And kind of a not expected drum beat is how I describe it to myself anyway. It's not like you get it on the two and four. It's like... There are effects. There are drum machine type things that he's triggering during the show too. Mm-hmm. During the song, I mean, not show. yeah. It's during the show, but it's also just like during the song. Yeah. We did get a city shout out. So he says instead of Mama, are are you listening, Mama? Mm-hmm. He says, are you listening, Minneapolis? Minneapolis, are you listening? So that was the first time. Normally in a concert, he gets that out of the way pretty early, early to start and maybe does it a few times and but this isn't a concert it's a dance so that's right you know it takes him a while to get to that yeah and it's hometown it is hometown. it's not like Very he's got to be like people know who hey he is dallas <laughs> hey people pay it forked up four dollars to get in I here mean, so they're gonna be amped no matter what he does <laughs> that's this is true uh, I mean, most of the rest of this track is Prince leading and cheering on the crowd and the sexuality chant. And again, I think that makes it feel more like a concert than a dance because you're okay. requiring interaction. Yeah. yeah. I wonder, I don't think he saw it that way. I think he saw the crowd leaning it meant that it wasn't his show. But I right. see how you're seeing it. Yeah. That uh, he's requiring their involvement. If they ignored him then he wouldn't be very happy. Right. And he'd be... He wouldn't be ignored no. anyway. It wouldn't happen. No. This is where uh, the song ends and Prince kind of was chuckling at eight minutes and 52 seconds saying that <laughs> white folks ain't got no soul. Uh-huh. Um, what did he say? White folk think I know. Or white, fa- white folk ain't got no soul. That's what it was. White folks ain't got no soul. Because uh, oh, I, I thought he said, white folk think I know... No, he says, white folks ain't got no soul. Oh, okay, there we go. 
I'm glad I can sense. I can come through. Thank you. Yeah, yes. With some princelation. Then he says we're gonna take a break because our heads aren't right yet. Yeah. We're gonna take a break. Our heads ain't right yet. We'll be back. I wonder if he wanted to talk to the band about something or he just wanted to create this break so that this very silly interaction he has with the time that could make their way, he could get ready for the planned passing of the guard for Morris Uh-oh. Day to take the stage, I think. I'm pretty sure that's what it is. We have a little print speech. Oh, yeah. Where's Morris? Mm-hmm. Where's Morris? Where's Morris? Where is he? Did he leave? Oh, here he is. And then somebody, Morris or somebody, interrupts Prince while he's talking with their guitar. Let me tell you something. Multiple oh. times. Yes, and he's like, turn him off. Uh, yes. <laughs> I would bet was... that's Jesse Johnson. Yeah. For sure. This, this is my stage tonight. Wait a minute. Turn him off. Check this out. This is stage, but we're going to turn it out. I love how he tells them, you know, you can play, but this is my stage. And somebody, <laughs> one of the members of the Times says, we're going to play on your, on your stuff. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Prince tells them that uh, they, they have some guidelines. That's right. Here are the rules. That's right. Uh, you got to play some rock and roll. Don't come up here playing none of that. Only you know what. <laughs> I don't even know what he's trying to say. I don't, I don't know either. If, if y'all want to play, you got to play some rock and roll. Don't come up here playing none of that old, you know what. <laughs> you got me? Uh, is it like, is it miss me with that funk? I don't know. I don't know just, either. It's rock it's and all roll his tonight. song. Any, it's all his oh, music I mean, anyway. It's all just an act. It's silly. Um, I love more. This is like Purple Rain preview. Say, man, why don't you take my comb? <laughs> oh, yeah. You could use it. <laughs> Say, man, why don't you take my comb? You could use it. Uh, what time is it anyways? Yeah, what time is it anyways? Yeah, and show him how it's done, That's too. right. They'll, yeah. they'll concede to the rules, but kind of. they're going to school Prince a little bit. Sure, yeah. sure. Yeah, as soon as my boys get ready, we're going to do some rock and roll, as he calls it, and show him how it's done, too. I mean, I guess at that point, you might not know that this is all an act. Right. Um, you know, it seems pretty planned. Yeah. I mean, it's still humorous. Yeah. yeah. It's funny. And that in hindsight, certainly here in 2022, some 40 years later, we know that this is a lot of this is. Oh, yeah. A 100%. Act, a joke. A very. It's fun. Al- although I do think that Prince has reason to. Fear the time because yeah. they are certainly a very good, very tight, live, and exciting band. Yes. Starting off their set with none of that rock and roll <laughs> that Prince told them they better play with a song, Dance to the Beat. An unreleased song by the time. Right. Performed with live only in the early months of 1982 that we know of. Yeah. Yeah. Then Prince Vault looking it up says the track was most likely not recording in the studio that a studio version doesn't exist that it was just meant to be a warm-up live track to get the audience excited Uh okay so yeah that was my summary is like super fast goofy of 
fun live song. Mm-hmm. You can hear Sue Ann. Yeah. Uh, a little bit in the background of some of those. We get a little let's work influence. Just work yeah. your body till uh-huh. you're dead. Yeah. And then a, a self reference. Don't just don't lose your cool. Yep. They're having some fun with. They are. Their their own mystique, their own That's sort right. of self referentialness. Yes. Uh, it's fast and short. Yes, little rockabilly number. Yeah, just three minutes or so long. Yep. And I think one of my um, favorite Prince acting moments was when he comes back in after <laughs> the song is over and <laughs> says, "I didn't like that. Yeah, I didn't <laughs> like it. <laughs> I didn't like that." I didn't like it. Wait a minute. Play something you know how to play. Yeah, because they do too good of a job. Yeah. It's too much fun. Yeah, just yeah. the way he del- he says he doesn't like it. Uh-huh. I didn't like that. I didn't like it. <laughs> <laughs> Tells them to play something you know how to play, like you don't know what you're doing. Right. They know what they're doing. They do know what they're doing. Yeah. I guess that one shouldn't be surprised that a song like The Stick Live sounds a lot like the beginning of Head Live. Sure. Because it does. Yes. But it's fairly faithful to the album version, though also sped up a bit. Mm-hmm. For sure. We get the whole band yeah. participating yeah, in vocals. Yeah, a lot of people gets a, get a call out, too. Mm-hmm. He invites the audience to sing. Mm-hmm. Is Prince on there a little bit, maybe? It's hard to tell if there's Prince on that H2, H2O bit where yeah. he was very clearly yeah, on singing the on the album. God, his car is so... Mm-hmm. What is it? My car is so fine it runs on H2O. My car is so bad it runs on h2o bad, i think it would be bad for your car if you put h2o in the gas tank yeah he's right uh jimmy jam gets a little solo this is mm-hmm. you know pre pre jimmy jam terry lewis fame at three minutes and eight seconds jimmy jam i said what time is it we get the somebody bring me a mirror <laughs> Yes, very fun. Somebody bring me a mirror. He does make another clock reference. Your clock's a little slow, ain't it, baby? <laughs> I did not hear that. Yeah. I'll have to go back and listen. Yeah. Well, your clock's a little slow, ain't it, baby? The Jesse bit, Jesse Johnson bit. Jesse, do something for Dez. Yeah. Jesse, do something for Dez. Jesse. Showing Show how, it's, how done. it's done. Yes. <laughs> There's a lot of showing things happening during yeah. the stick, especially when Morris has his mirror. <laughs> I don't mm. need you, girl, he says at about five minutes and 45 seconds. Somebody bring me a mirror so I can look at my stick, he uh-huh. says. Now, Somebody bring me a mirror so I can look at my stick. He should be able to see that without a reflective surface. Uh-huh. Just saying. But then he offers to take it out. Take it out for the crowd. Right. Yeah. All right. 
Prince is a little more impressed with this little ditty. Mm-hmm. Yes. He says, that'll, that'll work. Okay, okay, that'll work, that'll work. That'll... Wait a minute. It's so silly and fun. He asks Morris if he can still play the drums or if he's gotten too pretty. <laughs> and Morris's response, of course, is another put-down. You can still play the guitar, can't you? <laughs> I, I used to play with this dude in the same band, right? Can you still play the drums and you done gotten too pretty? What's up? What's the rap? Can you still play? You still play that guitar, don't you? And then, like, Morris has trouble making his way back to the drum kit. Uh-huh. How do I, how do I get back there? <laughs> Prince but, jokes that they used to be friends. Yeah, yeah. This is, this a, is a trip. We used to be friends. I used to play with this guy in the same band, whatever. Me and him used to be friends. This is a trip. Yeah, like he would let this guy touch his drums if they weren't friends. Right. But he does brag on Morris's gold record. That's true. Boy, I got a gold record now. Check him out. He's got a gold record now. So that's not so bad for album number one with six songs on it. Mm-hmm. And Prince requests his own guitar. Oh, yeah. And that's the first time I've ever heard Prince call it an axe, too. Not the first time I've ever heard it. The first time that I've heard him say it chronologically from when he started performing live to call it an axe. Yeah. Where's my axe? Somebody help me out. Super fun. Yeah. Prince says he's going to let Morris play something he knows how to play, but he's going to play it a little different. I'm going to give him something he knows how to play, but I'm going to play it a little bit different. You know what I mean? Huh. Which I think means quick. Yeah. Fast. Yes. It's because Party Up is real fast. That's right. From Dirty Mind, the nexus of the time. Yep. We've spoken about this before, but we'll just mention it briefly again that Morris Day wrote Groove for Party Up and opted to form a band rather than accept monetary payment. A wise choice. Correct. Yeah. I went back and watched the SNL performance from 1981 by Prince and his band of Party Up, and this is very reminiscent of it. Yeah, really fast, fun, lyrically faithful to the album version. Up until about three minutes and 37 seconds when Morris gets a chance to show everyone that he can, in fact, still play drums Mm -hmm. with a solo. (laughs) Yes. Give the drummer some. Yep. He tells the audience. Give the drummer some. This pretty brother back some? here. Yeah. <laughs> Should we give a drummer some? This pretty brother back here. Get a drummer some. Here we go. Drummer, hit it. And then Morris does drum like a beast. Yeah, he gets a very um, impressive drum solo. Mm-hmm. Right? And even Prince whoops his approval. Yeah, for sure. I think Brown Mark might have missed a cue here. <laughs> Four minutes and 18 seconds, Prince says, Mark, heard him. And then there's like silence for a few uh-huh. seconds. And then more annoyed, uh-huh. Prince says, Brown Mark, <laughs> heard him. <laughs> Like the magic is gone, <laughs> and I'm docking your pay. Mark, hurt him! Brown Mark, hurt him! 
then Lisa gets invited to join in. And then the rest of the band, everybody in the house. Yeah, this is a, a party band, song. and please sing, enjoy, yeah, have some fun. That's right. Unfortunately, the recording, and this is circulating as a soundboard recording. And I hadn't really listened to it that much at all, which uh-huh. is kind of why I chose it. To, uh-huh. So I'm like, well, I haven't listened to this much. Um, there's some discussion about it on Prince.org, but it's been circulous. The, the concert recording has been in circulation for a while, but the soundboard recording and what we have here, which is releasable uh-huh. in quality, yes, um, is relatively new within the past few years. Sure. And I did find a couple of sources that I'll no, share I... on the social media with the the whole thing and yeah. and broken down into parts. There'll be all kinds of stuff cool. out there. So. I just thought this was a cool and fun look at a pretty relaxed print show and uh, with 1981-era timely guests, clearly towards the end of the controversy period as we wrap it up. Right. Yes, this is early 1982, so it's... Mm-hmm. They're about done. Uh, he's about ready to head into 1999 territory. That's right. Yep. And discover the color purple. Yep. Unfortunately, this recording does fade out, so we yeah. don't quite Not sure how it hear ends. how it ends. Yep. If there was more banter, which I imagine there probably was, or if it just the lights went out and they ran off stage. and That's what they did at... Saturday Night Live when right. they performed the song was the song ended and they ran, ran off the stage like there was a fire somewhere. <laughs> well, we've reached the end of the music that we're covering today. No. This concert it was a delightful listen, but it's time for us to make some selections. We choose three things. We choose a time capsule, something that exemplifies the material at which it was recorded or when it was released. This hasn't been officially released anywhere. So, uh, you know, when it was recorded, we choose, (laughs) you know, (laughs) the only other choice we have, uh, the sea, the low point, the thing that we like the least and the mountain are favorite bit. These are my rules. So I go first for me. The time capsule is the banter between Prince and Morris Day with the quote unquote feud between them, the battle of the bands building this lore of the rivalry that would really kind of culminate in purple rain. It culminates in graffiti break. Well, (laughs) I mean, a fewer people saw graffiti bridge. So (laughs) I would say it culminates in, you know, you're completely right. (laughs) I'm completely full of crap. You are 100% correct. (laughs) What's your time capsule, dear? Uh, My time capsule has got to be the very first preview of All the Critics Love You in New York, a signal of what was to come, a different sound, kind of a new direction away from the funky Billy vibe that had been in Prince's music for a while. Uh It was one of many, like, turning points in his musical direction. Um, So that is the capsule of time for Josh. <laughs> Excellent choice because he does, he makes these turns multiple times in his career and you know, most artists just can't say that. So Correct. excellent. 
All right. The C. Now, of course, my C for any unreleased live performance is always that there is no official outlet. But for this episode, mm-hmm. I have a specific C. The shot is girlfriend with a 45 bit in still waiting is yeah. the absolute low point for me. Yeah. Oh, no doubt. I mean, it ruins the entire ballad. You're like, this is really fun and really sweet. And he's got a female on stage. Kind uh-huh. of him letting a female take the stage, which was, he did that. But at this point, not a lot. Right. Because I had initially thought Dance to the Beat because it's just a goofy song. But the more I listen to this whole show, there's no doubt that uh, Prince's ad lib there mm-hmm. and his reason to celebrate is just, it's poor taste. Yeah. And, you know, he was a young man, but that's, it wasn't funny then. It's not funny now. So, uh, yeah, no, we're not going to joke about domestic violence. Correct. I mean, plenty of people did in 1982. And it did not make it right then. No, it didn't. No, it did not. Um, But, I mean, I think that young, successful, budding musicians probably weren't going to be the first to say, Oh, that's not really that funny. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it took a little more leadership and Prince wasn't yet that kind of leader. Right. At that point. All right. And then the mountain. I love the barely failed lyrics on the stick on the album. Uh-huh. And uh, it's so much fun live. No, oh, really? So I went with the stick. Dang, you just made Prince angry. Yeah, well. I mean, it's still his song, but <laughs> it wasn't him singing it. And it was his stage, Christy. So oh, well. Thank you. I'm just happy for Lisa, the song she wrote. True. You know, lyrics and stuff, too, got... Yep. uh, Exposure. Exposure in this, (laughs) (laughs) just so to speak. (laughs) She took it out. (laughs) Yep. She took it out. For me, My Mountain is back to all the critics. Love you in New York. One of the early examples of Prince being a master of his band on stage with cues with the one and three. Very spontaneous and also credit for delivering sort of an alternative arrangement of a song before the album version was even out. Right. He's still toying with it, and one would guess that it was mostly recorded at that point, at least to some degree. So that's the one that I keep going back to. I think it's a really super fun lesson. It is. Excellent, excellent, excellent. All right, what are we going to talk about next time? We finish up this era, so I really have no idea what's coming up next. No, it's nothing that I share with you until this very moment. That's right. So it gets to be a surprise. That's right. It's like Christmas morning. Live on tape. Live on tape. I mean, fast forward 15 years from controversy, Christy, and what was Prince up to? Well, he wasn't Prince for one thing, and he had two albums spanning four discs released in uh, the course of less than five months. So we're going to kick it off with Chaos and Disorder and then go into Emancipation and all of the slave-slash-freedom that the year 1996 brought to the artist formerly known as Prince. Oh, I'm so excited. I love me some 90s Prince. I remember when these albums came out. I remember you buying me my own copies of these it was delightful and uh yeah so i'm really excited i hope y'all like 90s prints because uh we're gonna be talking about this for a while it's going to take a while for sure to cover uh four discs (laughs) worth of studio material some alternate versions studio outtakes b-sides remixes find a show or two to cover there were tv performances during this time too 
Um, so there's a lot to talk about. I would think that this will take us well into the future. So future Josh, hello. <laughs> nice to see you. Hope you And to fun. Christy too. Love you. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening. We know you make a choice when you listen to us that we don't just come on the radio and we really, really appreciate it. Hey, tell your purple friends and until next time, happy purple listening. Get ready for some chaos and some disorder. Defunct are a punk fop. Mm. (laughs) Fop. (laughs) That's a funk pop right there. Fop. (laughs) They have big heads. (laughs) (laughs) Defunct are a punk pop jazz band who were looking to make danceable jazz. You said it again. You're going to want to say that <laughs> one more time because you said punk pop. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. I'll try it one more time. <laughs>